Welcome in, everybody, to episode 173 of the podcast that is sweeping America, the Aratora Sports Podcast. If you missed it last week, a little bit of controversy. Well, not really controversy, but uh, it created controversy. Of course, episode 172, Louisville head coach Chris Mack joined the show. Great interview, fun interview. Uh, I haven't talked to Coach Mack since his Xavier days, but he talked a little bit about his his team at Louisville, about the excitement going into 2020, the rivalry with Kentucky. So if you missed last week's episode, go back and listen. This is, of course, episode 173. I am joined to talk about the Chris Mack interview as well as much more uh, across college football, maybe a little college basketball, depending on where the night takes us. Nick Coffey, you can hear him 7 to 10 Eastern, 790 KRD. Nick, second episode in I think two weeks, three weeks, I can't remember, but it's we went too long, but it's good to uh, be back in a pseudo routine with you, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well, happy to be back, and uh, routine is the right word there because I think these will become more routines for us once we actually get into uh, kind of what is our bread and butter, college football, and then of course college basketball rolls right into it, so happy to be back, and it, it works out perfectly for me because the latest guest just so happens to be the head coach that I uh, spent a lot of time covering. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it worked out really well. Uh, and I know that you talked a little, about, a little bit about the po- the interview that was on this podcast on your show. So we will get into that momentarily really quick. Uh, I want to do the disclaimer that I always do. Please make sure you're subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. If you have an iPhone, do it on Apple Podcasts. You can do it uh, on a- – if you have an Android, you can do it on the Podcast Addict app, TuneIn Radio, Pod Paradise, Spotify – uh, also, make sure to rate and review the show. So many nice compliments about the show over the course of the last couple weeks. So thank you guys. Go on Apple Podcasts. Give us a quick five stars. Let us know how much you enjoy the show. Again, rate and review it. Uh, five stars are welcome. Five stars are encouraged. A couple other quick ones. Uh, if you want to get involved, the Instagram page, Aaron underscore Torres underscore sports underscore podcast on Instagram. And also... Uh, if you have any questions for the show, Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. You can weigh in there. A lot of you have over the last couple months. We'll get that geared back up as we get back towards football season. But as Nick mentioned, a couple things. One, first of all, I appreciate everybody listening. Nick, first of all, we're going to get into the Chris Mack interview in a minute. I don't know how we got here because, it, you know, when the final four ends, guys like you and I that love what you and I love, mostly the college sports. We'll tune into an occasional NBA game, and obviously we follow the NBA and we follow the NFL offseason and the NFL draft. It feels like this never-ending desert oasis that we're going to just walk through the desert never-ending, and yet here we are. We're basically in mid-August. I don't know how we got here. I guess you know, the college basketball offseason bleeds more and more into the spring with uh, high school players committing, with transfers, and I listen, I, I don't know how we got here, but we're here, and I don't feel like the content for your show, 790KRD, 7 to 10 Eastern, this show, I don't feel like it's really fallen off, and like, not to say like you and I don't work hard at what we do and don't plan and don't uh, all that stuff, but sometimes it feels like the summer really doesn't give us much, and other than maybe the last week or two post-media days in college football, 
I feel like we survived the summer with some pretty good content on this show and, of course, your show as well. Yeah, it, normally I think the, the line to use would be I could see the finish line. This, I think, is more fitting to say you can actually see the starting line because, of course, college Great football call. starts and then it's an all-out grind. I, here's what I think happened. I think for the month of June and July, and I guess really May, too, because at that point we focused on the NFL draft, of course, Kentucky Derby is bigger for me than most people. That picks up a good couple of weeks. But I feel like we were pretty loaded to where the offseason was kind of action-packed, if you will, with content, things to talk about. Both the NFL and NBA draft are, are big talking points, not just for my show, but also this podcast. But for whatever reason, when we got to like late, or I'm sorry, we got to early August, it just kind of seemed to completely hit a wall, fell off a cliff, and now we're just waiting. But you're right, for the majority of this downtime, it kind of went by fast. It went by fast, and I felt like there was stuff well, to talk Well, you, you getting married is also a pretty, pretty good thing that can keep you occupied. Maybe that's why it went by fast for you. I mean, that, that was a little bit of a stressful like three- or four-week stretch. But, uh, no, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of amazed by how much we had to talk about through this off season. I think we should give a quick shout-out to our buddy, Kerry Blackshear, who literally gave us like two, two-and-a-half weeks of content by himself. Um, well, another, another thing is, and, and we kind of alluded to this a little bit, the NFL, the, I'm sorry, the NBA draft process is definitely going to help those early, early spring, summer months after the Final Four, because it's not, it's now much different than it used to be with that long period of waiting to see what happens. Yeah, no, 100%, and, um, you know, obviously, it, the... NBA draft process came back into light last week with the quote-unquote Rich Paul rule, which I I got a little heated about on this show on last Thursday. But it it brought up to me um, how much of a talking point that has become, the whole NBA draft process of, you know, it's frustrating, I'm sure, for coaches, I know for coaches, for fans, for for, fans. you know, a lot of people, but it does become a talking point, right? I mean, I know obviously you cover Louisville, Jordan Wara, um, EJ Montgomery at Kentucky, Devon Dotson at Kansas, uh, Diakite at Virginia, where that itself, not, listen, I haven't really thought about this in like two months, but like Diakite waited until the last possible second. Jordan Wara waited till the last possible second. I think EJ Montgomery announced that he was coming back a day or two before the deadline. So I hadn't even thought about that. But now it is amazing, and, and I think you and I may have talked about this already. But it, but you know, as somebody who does kind of a national radio show, I feel like when we were younger, um, it was like okay, you get to the NBA Finals, and then you just immediately switch into football mode, and it's like oh. Um, I don't know, like, hey, let's break down, like, today, we're going to break down the NFC North back after the break, and, like, now it's like, you know, I know that you and I and what we do is a little more college-heavy, but the NBA draft process is a conversation point. The fact that the transfers are now a bigger deal than they were before is a talking point. Um you know, high school players committing later and later in the process. I'm just, I, you know, I, I had Seth Greenberg on this show probably about six weeks ago. Sick name drop, I know. And I, I, I like, I did ask him. I was like, "Are you amazed?" And I don't even think he really understood what I was saying. But I was like, "Are you amazed how much that determines the upcoming season in both college basketball and college football, but specifically college basketball?" It used to be like, you know, you kind of knew what your roster was going to look like for the following season 
by December, January, you have your recruits signed. You know you're maybe going to lose one guy, maybe two. Now it's just amazing, specifically in college basketball, where so much happens after the season from like April 1st to June 1st. It's just unbelievable how many more things we have to talk about in what is supposed to be a slow time of year. Yeah, and I I think timing-wise, like the when it comes to the guys now being able to stretch that out and make their decision much later and really go through the process, Louisville basketball has had, I think, maybe the best offseason that I can remember. Sure. And, you know, offseason hype, offseason excitement, it's all for nothing if you don't actually get results when the season starts. But when you're a fan base that literally lives and breathes college basketball 365, that matters, right? And the fact that Louisville basketball – is already just in year two of Chris Mack having this much enthusiasm. Again, it'll mean nothing if you don't actually have a good year. But I think war at the score's decision because it came down to the final minutes, like that in, in, in the anticipation and you got the good news. I feel like had he told us a couple weeks ago or a couple weeks prior to the deadline through like a tweet, then it would have been great, but it wouldn't like the whole that that the way it all played out just made it that much more exciting. Now of course if he would have left, fans would have been sad. But no, you're right. Like the, I, 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 I think we kind of alluded to this here and there over the years, but like just the way in which you can create content with a push of a button with players, you know, using social media, like that stuff didn't exist back back in the day. Kind of like you were mentioning when the NBA playoffs ended, like you pretty much were looking at SportsCenter to see what was going on in sports. The internet wasn't the monster that it is today. And, Oh my goodness, it's one of those things maybe we, maybe you and I take it for granted sometimes because, you know, even on the slowest of days, we can at least create something. Yeah, and we're going to get into a lot of stuff here in a minute, but it is amazing, and I think I've even mentioned this to you, but how um, how basically social media content is now talking points in and of itself. Like you literally, and I know we don't talk a ton of NBA on this show, but you might not hear from LeBron James in June, July, or August once the season ends, and the only kind of way that you have to talk about him is through tweets that he sent, Instagram videos that he posts, et cetera, et cetera. So it is amazing how this this whole what we do has changed, what the conversations have uh, has changed. And one thing that has changed quite a bit is, of course um, – you know, the, the different avenues that, that people have um, as whether they're hosts or whatever, but then also as guests. And I think it's a great transition where seven, eight years ago, the head coach of, of a Louisville basketball program wouldn't have done a podcast. But the Louisville coach last week did the podcast that is sweeping America. Uh, Chris Mack, don't know if you've heard of him. He joined our show. Um, he was incredibly gracious with his time. You know, I caught him at a good time. It's a little bit of a downtime for him if such a thing exists in college basketball. The players are off campus. Um, you know, his guys are back. His guys are home. And he wanted to promote his upcoming uh, fantasy camp. And so I think I, I, I would guess that it was a productive conversation for Chris Mack. I certainly enjoyed it. Uh, I want to defer to you. You kind of knew behind the scenes. You were, um, you know, uh, uh, I, 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 you know, full disclosure. I told you probably a couple days before I was going to interview Chris. Yeah, Mack. I was trying to keep it under wraps, but man, it, uh, it unfortunately timing wasn't on my side for my show. But you know, the thing released at about noon Thursday, I believe, and yep. sure enough, um, you know, for those I know, Aaron's mentioned it, and I'm sure a lot of you listening know, but I host a morning drive radio show in the market in Louisville. And you know, I, I played in this 
probably about seven, eight different clips from the interview Ooh. on my show. But I'm, you know, I, our, there there are way too many shows in, in our market, anyways, as is. But I mean, you were the tease. Aaron Ooh. Torres coming up later. We're going to play some of his uh, clips with Chris Mack. Like it became a huge thing, and I felt very proud because obviously I've contributed to this show over the years. But you know, I was a little envious that you know it's good for you, good for your show that you. you gave, in, in fact, you gave us part of I me. Mean, I know I told you this. A lot of him wanting to come on was to promote the camp and whatnot. But Mac has not talked about the incoming freshmen since they got here. Now he's talked about it multiple times with this the hype they have around this class. But we hadn't heard anything as far as what they've done since they arrived a couple months ago. And he went on. I mean, I'm sure you know this yeah. for the day your show. He went on for like five minutes straight talking about those guys. So that was great to share. A ton of good stuff there. And it's funny, man. This obviously this show is, I mean, fastest growing sports show, uh, sports podcast in America. It's sweeping the nation. Sure. In fact, I'm wondering when we can just say that it swept the nation because whatever it is, I guess it's just you knowing what you're doing with those uh, Twitter fingers. You know, I've heard from other shows. We have you on my show regularly. Let me promote the hell out of it when you're on. But like I've heard some people say, Aaron Torres, that's something on Twitter. We'll get to that later. Like you've become Wow. You've probably been to Louisville maybe once or twice in your life, and yet you kind of become like a talking point. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. So you're doing something right, man. Well, I appreciate that. We'll get into how awesome I am in a minute. Uh, but before we get to that, before we get to the pressing topics of the day, what did you think of the interview? I mean, I know you kind of just referenced the fact that, uh, you know, Coach Max said some things. And I'll be honest, I mean, full disclosure, um, you know, I was happy to get him when I did. And, and there were some reasons that I think he agreed to do the show. Again, I think he knew it was a good platform to promote his camps. And I just think, frankly, he's a really nice guy. And, um, you know, I think I mentioned it off the top, but I, I, I've interacted with him a few times when he was at Xavier, uh, wouldn't claim to. Yeah, and, and, and you told me before, like, when Mac was, like, just mentioned, I mean, David Padgett was coaching the program, and Mac, of course, was talked about, hell, you know, before, I mean, we did this show together before Mac was really even on the radar, yep. he came up at times, and he talked about your time kind of getting to know him at Xavier because of the FS1 thing, and you working with Fox, and I remember... Um, he correct was it you that he corrected yeah. on oh. Xavier? Yeah, yeah. I said who he is, man. He'll he, he's uh, in in the interview you had with him. I just thought he was really comfortable. I mean, it didn't really seem like I remember when I had him on my show a couple times. You know, I I, I kind of asked the same thing. What you guys think of it? And the same the same feedback I got. I feel like I'm giving to you is that it didn't feel like an interview. It felt like a conversation. You know what I mean? Like he right. wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't really trying to go infomercial and really pushing it. He needed to talk about his camp, but I just felt like you guys were having a conversation. He was comfortable, and you know, if that's. I would assume you would agree. That's what you aim for. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you very much. And yeah, for people who are not longtime listeners, I, I've told this story a few times, but. Um, because I worked at Fox, I still do Fox Sports Radio, but I was, of course, at FoxSports.com. And uh, when Chris Mack was at Xavier. Um, you know, the Big East coaches, the B Big East has a very big partnership with, with Fox and FS1. And keep in mind now, FS1 has a, a deal with the Pac-12 and with the 
Big Ten, but but when it first started, it was the Big East was the only college basketball package that they had, and so the the company Fox kind of made it a big deal, and they would fly the coaches out a couple times a year, and so that was when I got to know Chris Mack a little bit. I, again, I wouldn't say I know him well or that I'm super close with him and, or anything like that, but um, yeah, the story that I have told on this podcast is I kind of went up to him, and you know, this was probably four or five years ago, and I said, yeah, coach, uh, what can you tell me about Xavier this year? And he said, no, 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 it, we, we don't, that, that, that's wrong. It's not Xavier, it's Xavier. Uh, so that was the big kind of the memory that I have of talking to Mac. And he told me some other good stories about kind of starting as a, like a middle school coach. I don't remember all of them now, but the point yeah, is, middle school girls coach. yes, yes, he had, he has some good stories. I think actually on, um, I want to say, and I could be mistaken on this, I want to say on Evan Daniels' podcast, he he actually talked a lot about that time of his life and all that stuff, but that's another conversation for another day. But I, I do totally agree that he, um, you know, that he was awesome. Uh, you're 100% right about the freshman, by the way, because I think I asked him a question about Aiden Agehan or one of the kind of quote-unquote primary guys that they brought in, that Louisville brought in this year. And he went off, and he kind of gave me the scouting report on all of them, and I thought it was great. Yeah, um, and that was literally that content has been that piece of stuff has been shared in our market, which is great for you, no doubt. A hundred percent. And so, yeah, I mean that that was, and it's kind of wild, Nick, and you know this is because you know I knew I was going to have him on, and and I was hoping that it would kind of create some some buzz and all that stuff it is funny though right like like you know I, I'm thinking okay I'm gonna ask him about you know the new floor at Louisville and um you know hope I can get a quote about the freshman class or a quote about this team it is just funny how sometimes you have no idea what is going to make headlines when you go into a conversation and like that was it was like he just started giving me the scouting report on every freshman on the roster and I was like oh this is like like and that was one where you know me Nick I, I tend to talk a lot. Um, that was one where I was like, okay, I just got to shut up and let this guy just, just let him go. Roll. Yeah, because he gave three notable, like, notable things about Aiden Gahan looking as if he was created in a laboratory, yep. yet he showed up not really even knowing how to work out. He couldn't finish a workout. Also, Quinzel is a guy who could just play and look like a guy who's really going to be. I mean, the word he used in the conversation with you is he was deceptive, meaning he doesn't really look like a player, but he just impacts the game, which nobody had any clue of that. And then also, no, this was a big one, actually, because David Johnson, when the injury happened, you know, right afterwards, there was rumblings that this guy was actually killing it and crushing it in practice. And, yeah. like, they thought he was going to literally maybe start to one of the guard spots. And sure enough, Matt confirmed that, saying that prior to the injury, he'd been the best freshman. So, no, it was it was juicy, man. It was it was a, a great update to get. And, of course, everybody who had to share it and talk about it mentioned the, uh, the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. It was perfect. And really quick, um, you know, my buddy Matt Jones, I think, mentioned it on his show. Um, oh, and, and, and go ahead. I, I, I hate to either. This is so stupid of me to jump in, but I was literally on the tip of my tongue getting ready to mention the whole BBN is having a tough time disliking Chris Mack. They can't do it. Well, there's two things. I think one, BBN likes Chris Mack, which for people who are not Kentucky Louisville diehards, BBN is Big Blue Nation, the Kentucky fan base. So there's that. But then the reverse of it was there was a rumor. I don't know if it's true. I know some of the guys in Louisville that cover Louisville besides you. I like them. I have no beef with anybody. But there was a rumor that there was a lot of people that weren't happy that Chris Mack did this show. And it's funny because, you know, real quick is I – um. 
you know, I, 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 I'm a guy that I think I'm pretty good on college basketball. I'm not saying I'm the best, whatever, but I don't like consider myself. Uh, so I collect checks from a lot of different places and it's by design. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm paid by Fox and Fox Sports Radio and FS1 and, um, you know, there's a couple other places that I work for and this and that. And Kentucky Sports Radio is obviously one of them, but I don't consider myself somebody who quote unquote covers Kentucky. But I guess that some people were mad like, oh, Chris Mack did an interview with a guy who covers Kentucky. I'm like, I'm just a college basketball guy. I cover a lot of different it's teams. It's people so. who are uninformed. That's what I think, but I'm, uh, you know. I well, and look, well, and, uh, and this goes back to day one with you and me. I mean, like, I, yep. whenever we made it public, if you will, that this was going to be a project we were working on, obviously it's your project, and I was going to contribute and help along the way, which here we are looking at the calendar. We've been doing it damn near two years now. Um, I mean, that is... You and I both, it doesn't even register to us that people think Louisville, this, this is not a Louisville and Kentucky show. No. The platform, of course, comes through Kentucky Sports Radio. You write for Kentucky Sports Radio, but your role there is obviously to react to Kentucky as an objective voice, yep. not a fan, and also cover national talking points that don't relate to Kentucky, such as this fake Rich Paul rule. Like <laughs> anybody who paid attention would know that's your role, but yes, it did get kind of misconstrued to where. Chris Matt, and I mean, I got a phone call about it, and I had to explain to somebody that's not a Kentucky show. It wasn't at all. And, uh, you know, you and I, I guess, were used to people kind of knowing that, but it was this that last week was a reminder of people not really understanding kind of what this show is. Um, and I guess I shouldn't be surprised because, you know, all you have to do is take some time to listen and you'll realize what it is. And obviously, it's had enough success to where it's working. I mean, I don't think anybody was in serious, you know, um, uproar about us kind of coming together, but there was a few that said, "How can this work?" This is a guy who everybody just assumed you were some big UK honk, which was not the case at all. And obviously, I'm I'm pro Louisville, but I also can be objective. And hell, half the time we don't even talk extensively about Louisville or UK. It's yeah. more about just the national college topics. But yes, I, I got a phone call Friday afternoon, uh, you know, asking like what kind of dirt you had on Chris Mack to get him on. I'm like, dude, he's just a professional. It has nothing to do with that. In fact your approach to getting guests and doing your job is probably what leads you to getting guests because you're not, you're not, you don't ask them as if they're doing you a favor. You, you present it in a way and this may be getting too deep into the weeds on sort of how that's all, all this stuff comes together. But I've been a, a, a part of and, and, and know a little bit about Aaron's approach at bringing on coaches and guests. And there's a reason you get a pretty loaded, uh, loaded roster of guests on the show, but I don't know, man, I just, I was sitting back kind of laughing about everybody reacting to it because there was no doubt some upset as if like Chris Mack turned his back on the local media, which is hilarious. Yeah, and you know, and and I first of all that's really funny that you were getting calls on it. And yeah, no man, it, it was kind of crazy to me. Like I didn't really think anything of it. I mean, you know, and I'm not saying this to brag, like this isn't gonna this is gonna probably come off as arrogant and it doesn't it's not intended to be that way. But, you know, we've had on this show Chris Beard from Texas Tech, uh, Kevin Keats from NC State, Eric Musselman, who's now the head coach at Arkansas, uh, Ben Howland from uh, Mississippi State, everyone's uh, buddy Will Wade from LSU, Jim Calhoun. We obviously had on Rick Pitino when he was promoting a book that's a little bit different because he was obviously uh, out of coaching at that point. But uh, it never, like, yeah, I'm, and I'm not again, trying to sound arrogant, I mean, I did just drop a bunch of names, but it, it was never the intention of like, 
oh, let me cause a controversy. And uh, <laughs> it was funny because you mentioned how uh, BBN, Big Blue Nation, Kentucky fans, you know, I think really are just like, man, I really like this Chris Mack guy. And I was somebody texted me like, oh, hey, uh, there's some people that are pissed off that you got him on this show. And I, and I said to them, I said, wait a second now. Did I just restart the Kentucky-Louisville rivalry? Because it was kind of quiet and everyone was getting along, and now all of a sudden Torres comes through and he's getting Chris Mack well, on the honestly, show. Honestly, I think the only people that are mad were some Louisville Hawks, and maybe you can classify me as one of those, but I just, you know, you, you and I know this, but one of the big reasons why people don't get big guests is, one, they don't have the balls to ask or they don't know who to ask or how to go about it, and that's where you, I think, excel. Um, but, look, when you host KSR, and I was your guest host for about an hour of it. The first call that came in once I left the studio was, hey, Aaron, why do I like Chris Mack? This rivalry is going to be not as good as it once was yep. because I can't help but like him. And I think that's kind of just where we are. And actually, I think your interview, um, if anything, it made you know Kentucky fans a little more like, it's hard not to like Mack. Now, all it's going to take is him saying one little thing or maybe he pulls off an upset or and winning be a back couple on. games yeah but he's 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 definitely made it hard for them to just naturally um you know dislike him now again the easy part of it is that he's not beat him yet therefore they don't see him as a real threat but um in fact you know you say you might have restarted the rivalry i think you might have made it even worse because you know when they hear at talking to, to mac and it's you know kentucky fans they're like dude i don't want to like this guy but i just do that was another kind of amazing thing that came out of the rivalry was I, I did feel like, okay, I do have to at least ask him about the rivalry. And, you know, you and I have been doing this long enough where these college rivalries, I mean, sometimes the coach of one school won't even name, won't even say the name of another school, right? Like, like you know, you ask uh, – Urban Meyer about Ohio or about Michigan when he was coaching Ohio State he said oh yeah that school that wears blue like he won't even say the term Michigan and so like I even set up that was the other part that was crazy I set up coach Mack in a way that like hey man if you don't want to talk about those guys that wear blue across the state you don't have to and he said nothing but nice things and I think it, it was cool oh, you 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 actually I thought in and, and don't take this the wrong way. You got very lucky to where you didn't necessarily put it on a cheat for him to have no. to say what he said. He just did it. A hundred percent. No, and it wasn't. It was, you know, and, and it's amazing. And I think it goes back to kind of what you were saying a minute ago about uh, knock on wood. Why I I do think I have success is I think that. Um, I ask fair questions. I ask honest questions. By the way, really quick, Nick, and I'm not trying to like make a rain on your parade here. A few people have asked me. Um, should I have asked, did I, did I want to ask about potential upcoming sanctions for Louisville and all that stuff? I should just get this out of the way because I've gotten the question two or three times. Basically, I knew I had 15 minutes with him. I knew that there was no update to give. I knew that he was going to give the generic, um, you know, we'll, we'll deal with anything that comes from the NCAA at the time that it does. So for people that are saying to me, oh, you should have asked him, like, we all knew what the answer was going to be. There was a limited amount of time that I had with him. I wanted to make sure that time counted. So for people who are wondering why I didn't ask that, uh, that was part of it. I don't know if you want to chime in there, Nick, or not. But um, No, I had the athletic director on my show a couple of weeks in Tyre, and uh, I think he, he, in fact, probably was a little more open than even Mac would have been. He just said, look, we've not heard anything. So when we get a phone call, as he said, you know, he, the way he worded it was basically like when you're in trouble at school, you know, you got to go to the principal's yep. office. When we have to go, we're going to go. But at this point, we've not been made aware that there was anything on the way. We anticipated something at some point, but it's been pretty silent for us. And, of course, we are constantly proactive on our end to 
be aware when something is going to happen. So I'm sure Mac would have given you, hey, you know, we'll yeah. obviously deal with it when we can. That's all you can say. Literally, I get it. It is, it is obviously some controversial stuff, and it's going to be a humongous deal whenever we find out what it is. There's nothing to react to. There's nothing to say that already hasn't been said. Yeah, and I didn't even. And maybe maybe it's mine. Maybe it's me being biased with my. Obviously, I'm a I'm pro Chris Mack and pro UL. When I was in your interview, I never once thought about you asking that because I knew what he was. Gonna, I, I knew what he would have said anyways if he was asked the question. Exactly, and and you as a professional, you understand this is you know when you get a limited amount of time with somebody. And by the way, he gave me more time than than uh, I was told he was going to give, and so credit to him for uh, hanging out on the phone and just chit chatting a little bit. And like you said, it was more of a conversation than a quote unquote interview, and I really enjoyed it. But you know, when you get a limited time, you have to kind of um, you know, kind of for lack of a better term, pick and choose your battles. And it's like, okay, do I want to waste the 90 seconds to two minutes to two and a half minutes to get a non-answer on something or do I want to actually ask him something that he may be interested in talking about that he may be responsive to whatever uh and I had to make that decision then like you said when he just started kind of talking about the freshman and he spent six seven minutes talking about that I kind of uh you know I had to cross that off the list as it is so yeah for people who are asking well, and also another and not to beat a dead horse but another Again, another reason why you wouldn't necessarily go there instant, you know, wouldn't be a uh, instant reaction kind of thing, is that he had nothing to do with it. Sure. And again, that means he's not going to have to answer for it, but when you're preparing as a professional this conversation, you're not thinking, what do you think? Do you think the NCAA is going to suspend you? What, what do you have to say about your involvement? Like, he, he literally has no details about any of that. He wasn't here. And I think that's another reason why it's different for Louisville than all these other schools involved is because, yes, they, they surely are going to get some kind of punishment, I would assume, but the people that are here now, you know, there's not much they can really say on it because they didn't, they weren't here. It's a great point. Like, if I had Will Wade on this show again, hypothetically. Exactly, so much different. Yeah, exactly. Like, if I had him on and I, like, didn't ask him about it, it would be, like, weird. I didn't feel like it was weird. I only got it from a couple people. Uh, last thing real quick on Mac, and then we'll, we'll move on to a couple of really quick topics. Um, did you see the picture that I referenced of him on the beach? That guy's jacked. Do you know it's what I'm talking funny. about? I, I had not even heard about it at all or anything until I heard you reference it, and then I went and looked at it. And, um, Man, it's cut. I, I texted a couple people after I saw it, and, of course, I heard your, your back and forth, and – um, he is not at all shy about uh, he's <laughs> modest as he always is, but apparently it was a known thing. He had a he had surgery to repair his knee um, earlier in the off season. Okay. I guess it was something that he was going to have to happen. And I it, he's put it this way: he has been putting in more work. He's always been thin, but he's been putting more work in than he ever has, and it shows. I would have never if you would have taken the face off of that. I would have never guessed that was Chris Mack. That's what I'm saying. The guy looks good, man. The guy looks good. Well, this... Matt Jones mentioned on his show, like, I hate to say we'll doing anything cool, but they got Bill Murray to come to a fantasy camp, and if Chris Mack and John Calipari took their shirts off in the same room, we'd be, we would be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it was unbelievable because I saw the picture – and I was like, and you know, you know how it is, is like, and, and I'm just kind of, you know, now we're just kind of spilling the beans on how we do our respective jobs. But, you know, that's always the thing, right? Is like when you have a guest that in my case, I don't know him well, if at all, it's like, you know, you got to lighten the mood a little bit. When I saw that picture, I was like, this guy's jacked. So anyway. Yeah, he's, uh, he's put in some work and he's very proud of that, I would assume, but um, 
I mean, I, I never would have thought. I'm honest, I've never once thought like what he what he looks like and what his yeah, workout of course, is. But, yeah. Um, apparently he was down for the count with his legs for a while, so I guess he was putting a little bit more into the upper body, the abs, and whatnot. And I, I don't know what to compare it to because I've never seen him without a shirt before. But um, I, I've, I've been told that he's he's uh, he's happy with the reception, uh, the response that he's gotten since that surface, since that photo went out there. Well, I will say he was pretty modest on the show. I think I caught him off guard, but uh, you know he he was very modest with the response here. All right, so let's move on. So. Uh, obviously I think we literally just talked about everything that happened on the interview, but if you haven't listened, go back last week, Chris Mack, University of Louisville. The one thing I would add to, I had a lot of people ask me if I am a Kentucky fan, if I am a North Carolina fan, uh, is this going to like, like, is Chris Mack going to make me not want to listen to this interview? It's a good interview. He's fun. He's loose. It's not like I'm here to bash all my opponents or anything like that. So go back and listen to it. Uh, a couple quick things, Nick, and I'll let you go. You are actually on vacation, so I genuinely appreciate you doing this. Um, literally, like, right after I kind of, um, you know, sent in all my stuff for this show on, you know, Wednesday night last week into Thursday, this Kelly Bryant story kind of blew up out of nowhere. And so I don't know if you talked about it on your show, but uh, for people who don't know, Kelly Bryant uh, was the – I would assume you would know by this point because the story is a few days old, but I haven't had a chance to talk about it. It's been a relatively quiet time uh, since then, so we will talk about it a little bit. Um, Kelly Bryant was the starting quarterback at Clemson University last year to open the season. Um, week four – uh, or I guess technically week five, Dabo Sweeney announces that Trevor Lawrence will be the starter going forward. Um, Kelly Bryant, at that point, for people who don't know, uh, there was a new rule in college football just last year where once you play, if you play four games, you're allowed to play four games and still keep a red shirt, get an extra year of eligibility. Once you play the fifth game, you lose that red shirt. So Kelly Bryant decides rather than staying with the team, he was a senior, that he is going to take the red shirt and transfer out. He transfers. He is now at Missouri. He is actually the starting quarterback at the University of Missouri. Clemson goes on to win the national championship uh, without him. And so somehow, I don't even really know how this conversation came up, but Dabo Sweeney is asked, like, so you uh, you going to give Kelly Bryant a national championship ring? And no, I'm, it was – if I could, I think no, it was at Missouri's in. media day. He was asked if he got one. He said no. I asked if he wanted one, and he said he'd love to take one if they were willing to give it. And then it got back to that, and then it got back to Dabo. Wow. I think that's how it all came about. Yeah, see, I didn't even know that. And so it became this, like, really – it's kind of crazy story, and like I said, it really picked up steam after I recorded last week's episode, and so I did want to talk to you about it. It's probably a little bit of a better topic to have somebody to go back and forth on rather than me just kind of ranting on it for eight or ten minutes. Um, but So I didn't know that. Well, the good thing is I don't think either of us know where we're going here. You know what I mean? Like I don't think We haven't had a conversation about it other than knowing it was going to be a topic, so mm-hmm. I'm anxious to hear which side you lean. Well, it's crazy, so let's just jump into it. So the, to, to, to finish up, as Nick referenced – uh, Dabo Sweeney kind of said, this kid, you know, we, 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 we loved having him in the program for three and a half years. We wish him nothing but the best at Missouri. But no, we are not giving him a championship ring. He kind of quote-unquote quit on the team. He left midseason, and championship rings are for the guys that were with us for all 13, 14, 15 games. And so it became a story because it's like, well, you know, does this kid deserve a championship ring? He kind of helped and this and that. And so where I'm going to just kind of start and then we can kind of go in a different direction we can go whatever direction you want Nick is 
this is one of the rare stories where I actually don't have a strong opinion. I actually see both sides of the argument and I'm not, you know, sometimes like, you know, for people who listen to the last episode, the Rich Paul rule, I was very much on the side of this has nothing to do with Rich Paul. Let's everybody calm down. LeBron, go enjoy Taco Tuesday. Get off Twitter. This isn't about you. Stop. Like that was, you know, I had a strong opinion about that. But with the Kelly Bryant stuff, here's my real quick thought, Nick, is I see it from Clemson's side of, you know, we start the year in in August. We start in fall camp. If you're not there in December, January, through the championship, 15 games, you don't get a ring, where I would also kind of defend Kelly Bryant, and this is why I think it's a little more complicated than saying, oh, he quit, is that, you know, he he was the very rare player who plays a position, quarterback, where only one guy can be on the field. I don't think he quit on the team so much as, you know, he was replaced in the starting lineup, and it's not like he's a defensive tackle that you can rotate in and still he'll still get 25, 30 snaps a game. It's the rare deal where because of the new rules that were in place last year, uh, if he stayed, he would have lost his eligibility. Uh, it would have affected his NFL draft stock. Instead, you know, I'm not super like pro player. I think anybody who listens to this knows that I kind of am somewhere in the middle. But I'm kind of like, dude, you know, this guy has to protect his future. He thinks he's good enough to play in the NFL. And sitting on the bench for the last eight or nine games isn't going to get you there. And oh, by the way, if you stay and Trevor Lawrence gets hurt, uh, then you got to go in and you lose all your eligibility. And so I think when you add that in with the fact that um, he actually was a big part of a couple early wins for Clemson, I don't know if they beat Texas A&M early in the season, and if they don't beat Texas A&M, I don't know if they make the college football playoff. Uh, It's one where I lean more towards Kelly Bryant in terms of I think he deserves a ring. I get Dabo's side, but it's one where I just don't really, like I'm not super gung-ho, angry, fired up for one side or the other. Well, to, 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 I'm with you as far as the, if he would have gotten one, wouldn't have wouldn't have hit my radar. Would have made sense. Wouldn't have been a big deal. The fact that he didn't get one also to me, I don't feel as if he was wrong. So going back to when that all played out, I remember it was a big talking point with us when he decided to transfer. And I remember thinking, for those criticizing him, all we do is bash the NCAA and talk about how they do nothing for to look out for the players, to look out for their best interest. And this new rule with the red shirt, it is truly Kelly Bryant utilizing a new rule to where yep. he knows, hey, I've lost my gig. Like you said, quarterback's not like other positions. I'm going to be an afterthought unless an injury happens. And, you know, I need to to, to, to bail now. Now, I guess, you know, he could have said to Debo Sweeney, hey, I know what's happening here. I want to stay, but I'm not going to play anymore because I want to be able to transfer and have another year somewhere else and finish my senior year. And, you know, in his mind, hopefully, maybe find a way to make it to the NFL. And Devil Sweeney said at that time, well, had he told me that we would have honored it, I call BS. You're telling me you're playing for a shot at the playoff and Trevor Lawrence goes down, you're going to put in the third-string quarterback that's never played that nobody knows? No, you're going to convince Kelly Bryant to go in, and at that point, he uses all of his eligibility. So we'll never know. It's hypothetical. But I, I was all in on Kelly Bryant's decision. Now, apparently, we learned that he never once spoke to Dabo Sweeney. Hmm. He left, and that was it. And I think that maybe has something to do with Dabo not really holding back and saying, no, no we didn't give him a ring. So um, I get it. He did help. He did play a role in a phenomenal season that led to them being the first ever 15-win team in college football history. But 
I look at it this way, you know, maybe it's not that relatable, but if you work at a company and you are paid with a healthy salary and you get quarterly bonuses, well, if you work there for one month of that quarter and you leave to take another job and your department hits their goals and the bonuses come in, you're not getting one. So if he would have gotten one, I wouldn't have, you know, because in the NBA, if a guy gets traded at any point in the year, he still gets a ring, um, which is, you know, kind of silly, but that's just how they do it. So if it hit the radar, uh, if the headline would have been Kelly Bryant shows off national championship ring at Missouri Media Day, it would have not done anything for me. It wouldn't have been, how the hell did you get a ring? But I also can understand Devil Sweeney in sort of saying, no, we didn't even think to do that because he wasn't here. He quit, which he essentially did. I also don't fault him for doing that. Maybe he could have gone about it a little better. Maybe he could have been a little bit more mature about it. But clearly emotions were in play here. For a 21-year-old kid, he lost his job, and he wasn't playing bad. It wasn't as if he came out and they lost the game. It wasn't as if he threw five or six picks. Devil Sweeney just made the decision that, hey, we're winning, but, man, we could be even better. And they were. They were better with Trevor Lawrence. That was the right decision. But again, emotions were involved. But Kelly Bryant feels as if he's not done anything wrong. So I'm kind of with you that I didn't have a strong opinion. But for me, I, you know, you, you revisit the situation from a year ago. I'm, a, I'm all in with Kelly Bryant. And here we are now. I don't, I don't fault Dabo Sweeney for his decision. In fact, I think with guys like Paul Feinbaum, Tim Brando, for them taking a run at Dabo with this whole thing, to me it's just – they got to have something to go after him because the man's been been kind of the star of the sport. I mean, who knows if he's actually passed him? But you know, right now, you know, when we're talking about who's got the mojo, it's Nick, it's it's Dabo over Nick Saban. They're probably one A and one B. But and I think the criticism of him for this whole thing is a little bit much. Yeah, it, I'll say a couple things. One, um, it was really interesting to see the feedback on this because I was actually surprised and. Um, you know, first of all, I, I guess I don't really understand what the public – like, what is the public win for Dabo Sweeney to not give him a championship ring? And so that no, was, you're right. You're right. It would have been – would that was another point I should have mentioned. That no, had he given him one, if anything, it would have just been a good look for him. It would have, it would have been another fan that's kind of great. Exactly. And so that was kind of my initial reaction is – what is the public win for Dabo Sweeney? And so what I mean by that for people who don't aren't following is is that sometimes, you know, you just kind of got to like, you know, put your foot down about whatever, right? And like a coach has to uh, cut a player or, you know, let, let a player go because they do something stupid and whatever and it might not look good, whatever. But for that one... I didn't think there was really like a, a like I just thought it there there was all negative for Dabo Sweeney of oh he's the a hole that's not giving this guy a championship ring uh, you know these are unpaid college athletes blah 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 but then I was actually surprised at how many people kind of took Dabo's side on this now I think part of it was I do think that people were kind of um. I think they were kind of, um, for lack of a better term, uh, I, I think they were lacking context, right? And this is what we do in sports all the time is you see a headline, you don't read the nitty gritty. Um, and so I do think a lot of people were lacking the context of, again, if he had continued to play, he would have lost his eligibility. He had the chance to transfer. There were plenty of suitors. He's going to start at Missouri. So I think that a lot of people lost the context. But I was kind of amazed at how many people in the media – and by the way, a lot of people who are very pro-player, anti-NCAA, 
Um, somebody I don't know well, but like Gary Parish, who's been on this show from CBS Sports, you know, was like, oh, you know, he like he quit on the team. And again, it's not a criticism of Gary at all, but like he's generally very pro player. And he just kind of said like, oh, well, Kelly Bryant quit on the team. Point being, and again, it's not about Gary Parish. Don't like go tweet at him that I was going after him because I'm not. But like, you know, I was surprised at how many people just kind of drew the line in the sand of like, well, he did quit on the team. And I'm especially surprised on it in light of this kind of new world Zion Williamson era that we live in, where I had six months ago, I had people telling me, oh, Zion should never play again. Screw the NCAA, screw college and uh, screw the powers that be. And now here we are like six months later and it's like, well, I mean, he quit. Of course he's not going to get a championship ring. I was just, I, I feel like those two things are not mutually exclusive and people just made them mutually exclusive. And I'm just kind of amazed that so many people um, were so on board with Zion Williamson just completely quitting on his team and not playing again for Duke. But they're also kind of super anti-Kelly Bryant quitting on his team. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, and I think, honestly, this is one of those things where you and I are more so leaning towards the middle. Yet, to me, I think the overall reaction was completely one way or the other, meaning People were either like, yeah, it's a no-brainer, no ring. He said, or what do you mean he didn't get a ring? He played, he was a part of their, you know, their season to an extent, helped them win. So, um, you know, this was actually, you mentioned Gary Perry specifically. He's not one that I that I saw his reaction, but there were a handful of people that I was legitimately kind of surprised to see the reaction because I would have assumed that they would have been either kind of on my end as far as, you know, whatever, or, you know, like, for instance, I never thought of all people Tim Brando would think this was, you know, in fact, I thought he'd be old school and say, well, he quit. And he's like, no, this is a bad look for Davo. That's my half-assed Tim Brando impression for you. Yeah, well, listen, first of all, Tim Brando may be on the show soon. That's my guy. But um, I, 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 I am, like, it, it is, it's just a very bizarre reaction. I don't know, man. It, and it was crazy to me. And, you know, I've kind of made a conscious effort during the offseason, stay off social media, don't argue with people, like, don't don't sweat it. And so I kind of... Don't be the trolls. Yeah, exactly. And so, like I, like, I initially just missed the wave of conversation on this, and then I kind of got into it late. Um, and I do lean with Tim Brando. I do lean with the people that say, like, listen, I, like, I don't think it's a great look for Dabo. And it goes back to what I was saying a minute ago, is that... Um, I just don't know what the public win is for Dabo. Now, I guess the argument is, you know, maybe this will deter players from leaving in the middle of the season. But again, like, I, I hate to say it, but context matters. And we want to do this thing in sports and the way we cover sports and the way we follow sports and the way we talk about sports as if context doesn't matter. But I don't think you're going to have very many scenarios where a senior quarterback loses his job four games into the season. He has the option to retain his eligibility. He knows he's not going to play. He knows that he can't. Again, this isn't a, a, the third best wide receiver deciding four games into the season to transfer when he's already caught 25 balls it's completely different and so I don't know man like 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 I guess people aren't as fired up or as angry at Dabo as I thought they would be I, but I am just like genuinely surprised that there there wasn't more of a pushback I thought there was going to be more pushback on Dabo and there really hasn't been yeah it's been a um I think the way this whole thing's played out has been kind of all over the place which I think to your point a lot of other coaches have they gone about it the same way especially if they had any other history of being kind of, you know, jerks, then maybe it would have been a bigger deal. I guess with Dabo, this is one of the 
very few things that makes it look as easy. Because, I mean, he is, man, he looks Untouchable, me. man. Scott Satterfield, the new head coach at Louisville, and obviously he's a very upbeat, very positive pro player. And, you know, he, his players have come out and said, man, they're working their ass off. But it's, they like that it's more laid back. And somebody asked him, you know, you worry about that that these guys say it's laid back maybe they're not giving you maximum effort and he said you know i gotta be who i am you know the two top guys in the sport right now nick Saban, and Dabo, Sweeney, they do things a lot differently but both work so point. you know with Dabo, i think he's clearly the pro player guy to where had he been the you know jerk guy who never lets guys transfer and blocks like hell to buy waivers and whatnot um, I think the reaction would have been different but because he's been so pro player at every point at every stop then maybe that's why he hasn't gotten as much blowback. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if like a Jim Harbaugh. So like like I also just think people like Dabo. So like people don't like Jim Harbaugh, and I wonder if like if Jim Harbaugh had done this, I feel like Brian he, Kelly to me is a perfect example of a guy point. that had he done this, I think he would have been crushed. He coaches at a power program. He's believed to be kind of a jerk. He's had some awful things actually go on. Some not really his fault. Some just bad luck and just unfortunate. But to me, he's the guy that I instantly thought of when thinking he would have been crushed over this. Dude, isn't it so sad? And I'm going to let you go in a minute. It's so sad how we just like, and you know, the one thing, and, and you know, I mentioned off the top that, you know, people that have subscribed to rate review the show, a lot of, you know, I do read the reviews online and a lot of people, the thing that they like about this show, myself, you, Nick, the what you do on this show is the fact that we just always straight shoot or, you know, we're always straight shooters. And, you know, like we always just kind of tell it the way that it is. There's no agenda. Yeah, there's no bias. There's no, hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. It is, like, kind of sad that it's just, like, like I said, I, I think you're, I, I think, by the way, you're a thousand percent right. It's like if, De- if Brian Kelly does it, like, oh, it's just further proof. Well, he's a jerk. Did you see that time that he yelled worst. at that player? And, you know, it's just, it, you know, it, it makes me, uh, you know, this is another conversation for another day, but um, it kind of scares me the way that we cover sports now and that we've always got to have a good guy and a bad guy. And, like, you know, I think it goes back. It's, it, it's, the, it's the gotcha mentality and the yep. cycle we live in. People are always looking to add to somebody's, you know, reputation of being good or bad. And, yeah, I mean, in a way, I kind of think because we have that no agenda kind of thing, I mean, to kind of circle back to where we started as we wrap up here, I mean, I think that's why you get the guests that you do, and sometimes you get repeat guests because the conversation's not, there's no, you're not bringing them on with any mindset of putting them in a corner and, you know, putting them in a tough spot, and, you know, I think that's when you get the real and honest conversation rather than an interview, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, and uh, I, I, I agree 100% with that, and, and it's scary, and like I said, uh, you know, I, I've referenced this a few times, but, like, the Rich Paul rules, I think, is a perfect example of the NCAA had this kind of clunky idea and it immediately turns into, and it's not that I'm like pro NCAA, but like, Oh, the NCAA, they're terrible and they're racist and they're out to get people that don't. And it's like, no, like, no, can we just like, let's just have a big boy conversation. Like they, they made a bad rule without thinking it through with too many caveats. It doesn't have to be the NCAA is the most terrible thing ever. And they're out to get people. So um, I know you, I know you went on that on the last show. I got to listen to it. I really enjoyed it, but my thing was, wow, what a surprise. LeBron and his team making everything about them, but in fact, it wasn't about them at all. Dude, it's unbelievable. And, you know, I, and I've been, the funny thing is, I've been super pro LeBron uh, through the years, but. Same here. Yeah, no, and they, they, they did it. Uh, they, they completely made it about themselves. And, and, and it was scary because 
literally, um, this was again another one where I, I saw the press release and I said, okay, this is kind of bizarre and like, you know, there are certain things about this like why, like I wonder if any agents are actually going to fly to Indianapolis and take a test and like there were things I thought and but there was never a moment where I thought like, oh, they're out to get somebody and then oh, by the way, as I said on the last show, I'm 99% certain that they had no idea, they being the NCAA, that Rich Paul doesn't have his bachelor's degree because I had no idea that he doesn't have his bachelor's degree and I cover sports for a living. And as I said, uh, you know, Betty in accounting at at the NCAA in, in Indianapolis, I'm pretty sure she's not like digging through Rich Paul's resume thinking about how she can get out, get back at him, you know? And so uh, it's crazy. Uh, but we are already incredibly at the 50-minute mark, Nick. I had another college football topic for you, but we can save it for another time, and potentially that time maybe next time this year because uh, we're about to have games here. And uh, you know, so anyway, uh, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you're fired up about here as we record? It's about midnight Eastern going into Monday, so it, you know, I know it's late over there, but if you're fired up, I want to give you the forum, Nick. Well, I am fired up and ready to relax, relax and rest before I have, uh, you know, have to go back to work and get ready. For, but I would just say, if we could maybe save that for next Sunday, because I'm going to need something to get me uh, get me going before I head back into work next Monday morning. Because you know, I got the rest of the week off. So if you want to keep that college football Ooh. talking point, we can certainly do that. It's really good, and I think you're going to like it. And uh, we well, will save it. it um, but yeah, all right, we'll save it for next Sunday. Of course, uh, Nick Coffey, you can hear him 7 to 10 Eastern, 790 KRD in Louisville, the red zone. But not this week because he's out. Who's filling in for you? Anybody I know? Are you doing best uh, of or what have we got this week? We've got our so our, our, our afternoon hosts are going to come in in the morning and do Ooh. one show uh, at midweek. And then a couple of gentlemen by the name of uh, Jody Demling, big recruiting guy here in Louisville. Um, he's going to be in for a couple of days, and then also a guy named Michael McCann, who's kind of a, a guy we've had in the bullpen for a while to do filling. So the good news is the show's in good hands. Um, the obvious thing is, as good as those guys are, they're not me. Um, so I know, <laughs> I know all of you will miss me, but I'll be back in a week. And uh, looking forward looking forward to this week of uh, just re- relaxing and resting. But um, kind of like I think you and I are on the same. We kind of come from the same cloth of. You know, when you get to be just after the halfway point of a vacation, the batteries are recharged and you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll enjoy this week, but I'll be I'll be itching to get back, no doubt. All right, very good. Make sure to follow Nick on Twitter at the Card Connect, uh, and that's going to be it for today. So I'm just going to wrap up right now. Follow Nick on the card at the Card Connect on Twitter. Follow me at Aaron underscore Torres. Again, make sure you're subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Uh, hopefully, as we get more into more of a quote-unquote routine as we led the show with, Nick will be joining me more often. Uh, but make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Five stars are welcomed and encouraged. Uh, also, make sure to follow on Instagram, Aaron underscore Torres underscore sports underscore podcast. Also, if you have any questions that you want answered on the show, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com. That is all for today. More football later in the week. Shout out to Torrent Craig. We will see you guys later this week.